Brett. Josh. You were stuck at work and then in traffic, but you will now know for sure that John and I went to Acme earlier in the year and spoke to a bunch of strangers about The Muppet Show. Yes. Do you remember that, John? I do remember it. Yeah, it's like a weird dream. It, it was, was one of my, my, my saddest nights. It was, it, was really, it was really fun, and everyone thought we did a great job. Mm. Well, I thought we would prove them wrong by playing the audio. <laughs> It was. I have to say, I remember it being quite a visual night. Yeah, me, me too. Okay, so it's a special for the video podcast. Yeah. Uh, Hello there. There's no. There's still Waiting no video the podcast. Camera. There is John. John still have you Have you actually listened to this yet, Josh? I haven't. I just thought I'd play it. Okay. So journey with us and just imagine the clips. Just just imagine <laughs> them. One thing you do need to know is that John and I had hooked up. Like we we had organised. You guys had hooked up. That's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, we yeah. totally we totally hooked up. Yeah. Hello, years, <laughs> years and years of the of the tension finally. <laughs> and then when we were sprung, the uh, now we 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 got uh, excellent tech at at Acme Dogs to uh, to spend an entire night uh, hooking up a device that would do something. Hello, Diesel. <laughs> That would do something when we pressed a button. Essentially, we just had we just we, there was a gag that we had in our minds, not in our mouths. There was a gag that we had in our minds that was going to work great if only we could have a button that did something every time we pressed it and wasn't connected to anything else. You're going to understand that a lot more when you hear that there's there's a running gag. You'll get it, but. We had a whole button made up for us. You missed that, Brad. Yes, I did. Because uh, you were stuck at work and in traffic. So we'll we'll hear the buttons effect, or we'll just hear the the laughs. You'll hear you, you will hopefully hear the buttons effect. I haven't listened to it. I don't know if the buttons effect went through to the recording. I'm hoping it did. <laughs> this could be a very strange and very short episode of Box Cutters, or interminably long. <laughs> Come with us on a journey of discovery, where we find out. Whether or not this thing works. This episode was recorded live. You've got to wait for Gonzo. All right, this is serious. All right, it's not a clip show of your favourite bits of The Muppets. So if you came for that, sorry. (laughs) This is going to be a serious look at how The Muppet Show changed the world. So there's going to be none of this. There's going to be none of this. The last time we saw the spaceship be the last time. Right, and you can see why there's going to be none of that because no one wants to see that. No. Really. Sheer waste of time. Just a waste of time. So, John, I think yeah. what we are going to look at here, yeah, yeah. though, because. Yeah. Maybe some of you aren't that familiar with The Muppet Show. We're not doing The Muppets as a whole. We're doing The Muppet Show in particular. 
which ran from John. Uh, it ran just from September 1976 through to March 1981. Uh, that's five series. Uh, there was 120 episodes and two separate pilots. Right. See, that's too much information. Okay. Sure. I think we're just going to cover off on a minimum. On a what? A minimum. On a what? A minimum. <laughs> spent ages hooking that up for us. Hey, hey Josh, you remember back in the 90s when Sydney's water supply got infected and everyone got that disease? What was it called? Giardia. <laughs> See, I, I never remember what that disease is called. We like to start by looking at the opening credits because we think the opening credits of a show really tells you everything that you need to know about the show or not. And you discover that pretty quickly in about... One minute to 90 seconds. So, here are the opening credits for The Muppet Show. It's The Muppet Show with our very special guest stars, Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. Of course. The Muppet Show, I'm assuming you've probably seen it. If you haven't, this is a weird way to start. (laughs) But The Muppet Show, Josh, what was it about? Well, essentially it was was a variety show made for TV, Mm -hmm. performed in a theatre, starring puppets, made by Americans in England. (laughs) That sounds like a bit of a mess. Well, yes and no. Mm -hmm. It was okay. So, so it was a theatre show. Yeah. That was on TV, mm-hmm. and it was made by puppets for an audience that we're it, also we're puppets. also puppets. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in doing all of that, yeah. it managed to be subversive, funny, charming, violent, and as I said before, it changed television forever. And we'll be proving that mathematically later on. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting too because you mentioned before that it's a weird thing that it's presented like it's a variety of vaudeville show we're in the round this is so strange hello everyone Um, (laughs) we're like Def Leppard we are so like Def Leppard Um, so it's, it's we're like you're saying it's a vaudeville show effectively it's a, it's a musical show except that it also does TV parodies and it also it uh, has a, a weekly soap it, segment. And, and then it's also got the backstage part, and mm-hmm. it's got a, a, a little bit of everything. So to give you an idea, here's a clip we're going to show this, show some of the backstage shenanigans. Yeah. Okay, well, that's another ten for Diana Ross. Okay, now who'd like to go out there and follow that? <laughs> <laughs> there must be somebody stupid enough to go out there and face that audience. <laughs> Need a typewriter for it. Uh, well, what kind of, we don't have a typewriter. Then I'll use a cow. 
What is the fact of yours? I can sum it up in one word. Huh? Indescribable! <laughs> Internally, the sugar's hardly wrong at any time. We will be using Diana Ross as our go-to. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Diana Ross! Yeah, so you can see there are backstage bits, there are bits that are on stage, there's variety stuff. There's so much I love about that clip. There's fire, there's a tyre. And there's a cow. And there's a cow. Um, it's, it's, I, wanted, I want to see how it ends. There's, I mean, one of the great things about Muppet Show is it would combine these, you know, it had, it had musical numbers, it had guest stars, it had often very surreal elements, it had violence. And so I'd like to show a clip that includes all four of those at the same time. Uh, this is guest star Alan Arkin. convinced you'd be able to do that now <laughs> on a kids show I think you would actually get in trouble I should have mentioned that Alan Ark and Dr Bunsen Honeydew had of course turned him into a anyway. uh, it, it doesn't need backstory I don't think that needs backstory <laughs> I also like that's, that's the uh, pr- probably the most athletic thing you've seen either Statler or Walter <laughs> ever uh, but where did the Muppet Show come from because it's clearly it makes no sense right there's how it came to exist is by a strange set of, of situations. Of course, the Sesame Street came before this, and the Muppets were popular already on Sesame Street as, as a kind of puppet part of the show. If you're not familiar with Ses- Sesame Street, welcome. <laughs> so Sesame Street starts in 69, a few years earlier. Yeah. And, but and Henson that. wants a bit more of a mainstream... A, a mainstream uh, and adult adult family, adult-oriented yeah. thing. He also had uh, another show called Sam and Friends uh, that uh, featured almost a Kermit the Frog. Uh, it was uh, largely black and white uh, sketch comedy with, with puppets. Uh, and, and then also, like, Rolf appeared on a variety show as a guest pianist sometimes. And the Muppets also regular attended a guest on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson for reasons I still don't quite understand. But they were, they were regularly on that. So... If, if we're looking at before the Muppet Show, and and before everyone knew the the word Muppets, this is kind of the thing, the the sort of thing that that we're well, looking at. Well, let's have a look what Kermit was doing in 1965. Uh, greetings. I am Kermit the Frog, author of professional salesmanship. I have been asked to pass on to you some of my secrets for a successful selling. Through the years, I've 
were many helpful techniques to success in terms of basic approaches to selling. Uh, at this time, I would like to enumerate my stepping stones to success. Uh, here there are my stepping stones to success. There are 97 of them. I, I, I shall touch on them very briefly. Number one, always be courteous. Courtesy is the watchword of fine selling. Always remember what Ralph Waldo Emerson said in letter to Let's go on to point number two. Point number two is not very important, so let's skip to point 35. Wait, I forgot that one. Let's concentrate on point 47. Use emotionally charged words. Train yourself to employ naturally a vocabulary which will capture the imagination of your prospect. Point 72. Polybius, that great Roman historian. So in answer to the question, what was Kermit doing in 1965? Corporate shilling and late-night snuff films. <laughs> really, it was, it was only going to go up from there, really? wasn't it? So that's also, you can see where the violence was. That Jim Henson clearly had this idea of violence is comedy. Uh, and which, he was right, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's... Nothing funnier than something eating something else. Mm. But Jim Henson was also motivated by money and wanted to have his own show yeah. where he could... Uh, put all of this stuff forward. So, they put a pitch together and took it to some US networks. And so this is a little bit of the pitch that they made to try and get the Muppet Show up. These two giants of the industry have fused their creative juices into one great explosion of brilliant television programming. And what is this fusion of creative juices called? The Muppet Show. A show that will be loved and adored by every Nielsen home in the country. Small children will love the cute, cuddly characters. Young people will love the fresh and innovative comedy. College kids and intellectual eggheads will love the underlying symbolism of everything. Freaky, long-haired, dirty, cynical hippies will love our freaky, long-haired, dirty, cynical muppets. This is all about. Friends, the United States of America needs the Muppet Show, and you should buy this show. Now, we're not pulling any punches here. I mean, there's nothing subtle about this pitch. So buy the show and put it on the air, and we'll all be famous. The Muppets will be famous, and CBS will be famous because we'll have a hit show on our hands, and we'll all get temperamental and hard to work with, but you won't care. So Henson, Henson did did get what he wanted <laughs> to a degree. He got, he, he got the, the right to make a pilot, two in fact. Two pilots were made for ABC television. These aired in 1974. The first one was called The Muppets Valentine Show and starred Mia Farrow. The second one uh, aired in March 1975 on ABC at 8pm. It was called The Muppet Show Sex and Violence. And this is the first time the phrase The Muppet Show is actually seen on screen. And so this was time. ABC, and that was a pitch we saw for CBS. Yeah. 
So it, it, it was shopped around a fair bit. So you managed to get these, these two up. Now, the entire Sex and Violence pilot is on the first box set of the DVDs. Um, we're going to show you, this is actually about five minutes of footage. Just to give you an idea, we've cut down kind of to show you bits of sketches because it's quite interesting that there's, a, there's quite a late night vibe to it, it feels. Well, it's called Sex and Violence. <laughs> But it's not at 8pm, but it feels more like it should be on at 11.30 or something. Oh, it's, people went to bed a lot earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's quite interesting. And also at this point, uh, some of the secondary characters are there, but the, the main characters, even Kermit only makes one very brief appearance in this whole pilot, which you won't see. But uh, there was, yeah, other characters, and, and you'll see the whole tone is, is slightly odd. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the end of sex and violence on television. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Muppet Show. Okay, now then. <clears throat> what we have here is uh, the conference room, which is sort of the nerve center of the place. Uh, right there, this is our company wise man. <laughs> about to see something very, very strange. It, it freaks me out every time. So as the end credits play, we start to pull out. <laughs> and then they show the puppeteers. It is wrong. Right. No, you're right. You're right. It is completely... That is... <laughs> and we did. <laughs> uh, it's... It's really, it's really wrong and, and weird. And that, the first time I saw that, it, it, it made me feel like dirty and I shower. And, because we're not supposed to. I think th- there's, there's a level to which we'll accept all the craziness that goes on on The Muppet Show. Uh, we'll, we'll accept that they're not real. We'll accept that uh, there are chickens all over the place for no good reason. We'll accept that there are rats that sing Irish jigs. We'll accept all of that, but we can't accept the fact that there are humans underneath them. That just freaks us out. <laughs> it is really, really odd. That's, so, that's, kind of, that's the end, though. So that's special went to air. Um, so that, yeah, pretty much the, the final bit here is that it was actually Lou Grade in England who invited Henson to go there. And so that's why it ended up being made as co-production between CBS and Syndication would play it in the US. Uh, ITV, the commercial network, would play it in the UK. And so, again, the show, I think, ends up with a strange English kind of feeling and often strange English guests because it was being made, you know, outside of the kind of Hollywood system. Yeah, and that, and that ending uh, that, that we just saw where it gets us to start thinking about what is it that we're watching... That's really kind of a part of overthinking The Muppet Show. <laughs> That's really where we come into this idea of what is it that we're seeing. As, as we said before, it is a theatre show. It is a theatre show that we're watching on TV, but it's a theatre show that is different every week. We're also seeing all the backstage stuff of the theatre show, and we also know that the theatre show itself has an audience. Mm-hmm. The theatre show is made by puppets... And the fact that it's special is that they're puppets and they have a human guest star. 
But if that's so special, then why is their audience puppets yeah, yeah. as well? Why do the two guys in the balcony always come when they... They clearly don't enjoy this. <laughs> it's, you, can, you can think of it on, on so many levels. How can, come... can, can I think of it on so many levels? Uh, sure. I've got some levels to think about it. Can I have a go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a go. Have Can a I go. go? All right, all right. Okay. Uh, John's going to have a go. I'm going to go overthinking the Muppet Show. To overthink the Muppet Show, I'm going to start off with some penguins on a boat, please. Now, that is clearly awesome. <laughs> this, I mean this, I mean just, just, just look, these are penguins. They are dressed as 17th century pilgrims singing a song from the 1920s in American accents about travelling to a state that is almost entirely landlocked. <laughs> it's also a song about being on a train. It also has a dance sequence in it when they clearly have no legs. <laughs> It's tap dancing. It's tap dancing. It's tap dancing, they've got no feet. Tap dancing with no legs. So that is a truly brilliant bit of surreal whimsy. But surely, there's no subtext we can find in that. Or can we? (laughs) Now, the clue here, I think, is the inclusion of the song Alabama Bound. It was written in 1924 at Tin Pan Alley. Uh, Ray Henderson, Buddy Silver, Bud Green for the vaudeville stage. Made famous by Al Jolson. Some of you may be ahead of me. If I was in the 1970s, if I was in England, if I watched a lot of variety television, if I was the sort of person making variety television in England in the 1970s, where else might I hear the song Alabama Bound? Here's a clue. That's Mickey Rooney. I love that. (laughs) Now, that's Mickey Rooney from the film Babes on Broadway, 1941. You will see Judy Garland in blackface in a moment, too. Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Alabama Found was a popular minstrel number. Now, for those of you who have safely managed to go through your whole life without knowing about minstrels, uh, it was an American vaudeville thing. There she Can't is. Can't unsee it. 18, started around the 1830s. By 1960s, it had died out because it's unbelievably racist. Uh, even Don Draper was a bit upset when it happened at a garden party he went to. Now... In England, however, oh, look, it's the Black and White Minstrel Show, which ran until 1978. Uh, yeah, it played here two people longer than it did in England. I think after the two Ronnies. Every Saturday night, these minstrels, they would, they would perform. They would perform songs like Swanee, Camden Races, Old Man River, Alabama Bound. All the traditional black songs are written by white guys in New York. And Alabama Bound was a number that would, would often show up on these shows. Um, in a second, too, if, if we go long enough, you'll see the Are You Being Served gang in blackface from their 1981 Christmas special. Can't unsee it. <laughs> so, while the US had stopped doing this, the UK was still doing this. And Alabama Bound, it's an odd number to choose. That's what I'm saying. And I, I'm now just do, killing do you, time because I really want to. You want to stretch because you want to see Molly. I want to see Molly Sugden in blackface. Yeah. 
It's, it's kind of worth waiting for if you never want to sleep again. Yeah. Oh, there we oh, go. Oh, here, here we go. Yeah. Okay, so this is my point. We have two sets of minstrels. Josh, if you would be so kind. One set of minstrels is black and white. One set of minstrels is literally black and white. (laughs) They're both singing Alabama Bound. I suspect that this isn't just a bit of variety whimsy, a bit of surreal, you know, play with form. I think it's also the Muppet team actually making a very subtle but, you know, trenchant social comment in the middle of a show that was adored by children. Or... It could just be a coincidence. <laughs> but they were really clever people. They were really clever people. And, and, they, and they, they did this kind of social commentary all the time in their sketches. Uh, oftentimes we were just too young to get it, I think. Yes. But, yeah. but going through, there's, there, there's things like that all the time. Like that Alan Arkin sketch that we saw. Mm-hmm. That was uh, an answer to the anti-bunny movement of <laughs> the late 70s. But it's also just, just the way they choose music in the show is fascinating because they don't do what you would expect a show like this to do and just go for pop tunes. It's often obscure show tunes, it's Tin Pan Alley songs, it's, it's, well, it's jazz numbers. It's vaudeville, so, yeah. so it's things from all ages, for all ages, because it is a variety show. And I think my observation on this entitles me to wear this T-shirt, the one that tells you I appreciate the Muppets on a much deeper <laughs> level than you. <laughs> Which has been a bestseller at the Onion website for about a decade now. Now, John, I, I think you'd be well, well inclined to, uh, to wear that T-shirt if you knew a bit more about the characters. Right, yeah. And the characters are really what make the show. I mean, the, the characters are the things that we tuned in for week after week. Sure, there were, there were the sketches, there were the running gags, they were great. But the people who were in the show and making the show... They were really what we wanted. So to find out a little bit more about the characters, we asked a bunch of puppeteers at the National Puppeteers Convention in the US a couple of months ago uh, who their favourite characters in The Muppets were. My favourite Muppet character is Gonzo because he is amazing and blue. And what is he? I don't know. The guy that always had something in his suit? Yes, Kermit. I just, I feel like Kermit's the glue, you know? makes everything go and he's so good and flawed and I love that. Miss Piggy. Um probably just because she's so way out there. And always had to be brought back in by Kermit or some rest of probably Miss Piggy. Because she was a star. Yeah. And she had a star on her door, you know? And I loved Gonzo. He's my hero. <laughs> Kermit, because he's wise and vulnerable. Stellar and Waldorf. I always liked them. B. 
Because they were mean. I didn't end up with a star on my door. Yeah, no, yeah, I still yeah, do that. No, no. A lot of men in the face. <laughs> Whoops. No, so I, I, no, Josh. I, no, no. They may be professionals, but they are clearly not overthinking the Muppets enough. <laughs> I have another you, theory. You, you, really? Oh, yeah. You yeah. have another theory about the characters? Yeah. 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 The Muppets is all about loss. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, here we go. Oh, this is like that moment in the last one where we revealed someone died at the end of a show. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is my theory about the Muppets. Now, Nick Cave wrote an essay once about the Kylie Minogue song "Better the Devil You Know," and he, no, this is seriously. He said in this that uh, the reason why "Better the Devil You Know" is such a great song is because it's all about a woman who basically really wants something better, but she's putting up with what she can get. And it sounds like a happy song, but it's actually quite sad. And it's about this gap between what she wants and what she can have. And you'll find a lot of, especially a lot of ABBA actually falls into that as well, this weird gap between what people want and what they're going to have. Mm-hmm. If you look at the Muppets, all of them desperately want something they are never, ever going to get. Can we so, prove this mathematically? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kermit, for example. Kermit wants to run a really professional show. He wants order in his life. He wants this all to go really well. Never going to happen. He's never going to get that. He's never going to be a professional show. Um, who are you going next? Uh, Miss Piggy. Miss, Miss Piggy, Piggy wants Kermit. She wants she's Kermit. never going to get Kermit. And she wants stardom. Well, she's kind of got stardom, but she'll mm. never get that love that she wants from Kermit. Are you sure? Have you seen the show she's in? <laughs> That's true. She's the Sally Bowles of the... Yes. Uh, of the <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but she's, she's not going to get what she wants. Um... Who got next to you? Uh, Fuzzy. Oh, Fuzzy. Fuzzy wants to be loved. He desperately wants to be loved. He wants That's, to be the world's best comedian. Why does, be funny. Yeah, but why does anyone go into comedy? Because they want to be loved. They're, <laughs> because they're damaged. Mm. I think that's the word you were looking for. That's, yeah, I, was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't F- want so to... Think, Fozzie, yeah. uh, who was actually going to say Fuzzy was, was my favourite. Fuzzy, um, yeah, he's never going to get what he wants. The most complicated one. It's Gonzo. Oh, Gonzo, wants, Gonzo to... wants acceptance because he's a weirdo. He wants... But he, he wants more than that. He, he wants the acceptance of the, the world to, to understand that the love between a Gonzo weirdo and, and a, a chicken, chicken is completely natural. But he now does, in, yeah. in New York City it is. He, yes. but... and he, does, he, he wants to be accepted. I mean, you can go through all of them. Scooter wants respect. You know, it's... Um, I mean, so, Sam... Scooter's actually also really, really interesting. Because he, he wants respect. He's a gopher. But he also holds his... The, the fact that his uncle owns the theatre over Kermit. So he has these power plays mm-hmm. with Kermit, but he still never gets the respect that he needs for it. Uh, and Sam, all, Sam, the Eagle. Sam the Eagle wants to live in a world which probably never existed to begin with. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a neocon. He's a, you know, he, wants, he, he wants Charlton Heston on every corner. He does. Um, animal is bloody... He's a Freudian. I mean, Animal is just nothing but desire. And he's kept in chains. Like, he's actually physically restrained from acting out what he wants. Um, we talked about Stalin World Up before. Beaker... Uh, Beaker really... I think Beaker just wants to not have his job anymore. <laughs> 
Beaker wants a world in which this will no longer happen to Yes, him. yes, poor yeah. Beaker. And this is what I mean. And, this, this, and I seriously do believe this is part of the reason why we feel so strongly with the Muppets and we don't necessarily for Fraggle Rock or any of the shows that were just as good. Oh, I, I had the yeah, mm, I, I, I mean, Fraggle Rock, people go, I love that because I remember it when I was a child, it's part of my childhood, but I don't think people emotionally necessarily connect as much as they do to perhaps Kermit or Fozzie. That, that understanding of that loss, you know, that, that kind of need in these characters, which is so rare on television generally, let alone when they're made of felt. And I think it's, it's quite, they're quite complex characters, which allows you to overthink it and wear that T-shirt. Well, yeah, but it, so as much as we've talked about the show not making sense, the thing that does make sense are, are the emotions. We connected to The Muppet Show on an emotional level that we didn't connect to any other show at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for maybe Norman Gunston. No, it's just you. Right, right. Just you. Just me. Yeah. Just me. Uh, the only, I was going to say person, character, that doesn't, character. Fit, doesn't fit into this is Rolf. Rolf has what he wants. Rolf is a pianist. He likes playing ragtime. There is a slight melancholy Tom Waits-ish to him. Yeah, but, but he's, just, he's just a blues player. Like He just yeah, wants to play yeah, the blues. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, he's a dog who is also a musician, and he just wants to play piano, and he's got a job playing piano. Mm. He's content yeah, yeah. and has no desire. Uh, wow, that's deep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you can wear that T-shirt. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, I've earned the T-shirt. So, uh, so should we show a clip of Yeah, Rolf? so this is just to, to give you an example of, of how much Rolf but can, enjoys. I, can, I just, can I say this? Yes, I discovered yes. a fact. This is actually one of my favourite bits ever in the Muppets. I don't know why. It just has always appealed to me. When we were looking for it, I discovered this is called the UK spot. Because it turns out each episode of The Muppet Show was two minutes longer in the UK than it was in the US because of different number of ads that CBS played as opposed to ITV. So people watching in England got two bonus minutes of Muppets every week that the Americans didn't get. And usually it was like one song. Uh, and so you like to say this is actually just one take. It's one shot, uh, one song. And I think it's, it's very cute. Where you start is where you finish. It's not how you go, it's how you land. That's 
I love about Rolf. There's is, so much that I love about Rolf. But one of the things is to think of him as a puppet. You've got two people. And, and ordinarily, with, with a, a Muppet like that, you'll have one person who does one arm and the, and the head and one person who does the other arm. Which means, in that sense, you've got two people playing the piano at once as one person. Or it goes the other way around. I don't know how they do it. I don't want to know how they no, do it. No, no, I think it's just it's, Rolf. Yeah. It's, it's just Rolf. Rolf plays the piano. He's magical. So... Actually, can I also... I, I'm, I'm really curious if you know it. Can anyone tell me what musical that song came from? Seesaw. I knew you'd know that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it does come from the musical Seesaw. Thank you very much, General Kilby from Joy 94.9's Theme Party. <laughs> Gay radio. <laughs> Someone from Gay Radio and you were uh, A musical number. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, the legacy. The legacy of The Muppet Show. There were, of course, movies and TV shows that came out of The Muppet Show. There, there are, oh, there are dozens. There are dozens and dozens and dozens, especially if you, if you kind of combine the Sesame Street Muppet of. Uh, you know, you know, there's, there's an interesting bit in, uh, in, in the Muppet movie mm-hmm. where Big Bird is on a road and they stop to, to uh, give him, but he's going to New York to, to be break into public television. Yeah, yeah to, to, to go into public television. But that shot is almost exactly the same as the poster for Follow That Bird. Oh, so they happen at the same time. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, what, that's what it's like Mystery Train. It, it is. Yeah. It's exactly like Mystery Train. It's like if Jim Jarmusch was directing the Muppets. And that's how they overthink the Muppets. <laughs> Yay! Actually, I've got a note here, which I think mentioned that, that whole thing about loss. I just had a list here of the songs that were actually in the Muppet, in the Muppet movie. Uh, the title's like, Never Before, Never Again. Uh, I hope that something better comes along. Um, moving right along. I'm going to get back there someday. Not now. <laughs> but someday, someday it's that loss it's that loss that goes through but look I've, I've got to say that um, there are so many movies and TV shows to talk about The Muppet Show was a phenomenon a what? a phenomenon a what? phenomenon <laughs> <laughs> like Pedro Almodova they, they form into sort of trilogies where they're good and then they're a bit shit for a bit and then they get good again um <laughs> The first three Muppet movies, The Muppet Movie in 79, The Great Muppet Caper in 81, The Muppet in Manhattan in 84, they're all brilliant. They're, they're excellent, excellent films. Um, they fade a little later on when they, they become telly movies like It's a Very Muppet, It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas Movie from 2002. Uh, the Muppets Wizard of Oz in 2005 is probably the worst one. I thought we could just compare the, uh, the guests, the uh, special guest stars. The Muppet movie's got uh, Bob Hope, Cloris Leachman, Steve Martin, Richard Pryor, and Orson Welles. It's a very merry Muppet movie. has David Arquette, Carson Daly, and Zach Braff. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, to be fair, Muppet Christmas does also have Whoopi Goldberg and William H. Macy in it. And Mel Brooks is in both. <laughs> He, uh, he crosses boundaries. He so does. Um, let, let's, let's show... Uh, uh, this is... This yeah. is uh, absolute highlight from the Muppet movie. Complete spoiler. This is Orson Welles' big moment in the Muppet movie. This is, this is, this is actually... like, but Before he was uh, Optimus Prime, this was his biggest role. <laughs> this is it. But I'm here to audition. Yes, yeah, yeah, audition. Yes, uh, we've come over 2,000 miles. To, uh, 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 
Oh boy. <laughs> Kindy, we're all with you. Uh, 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 please, sir, uh, my name is Kermit the Frog, and we read your ad, and, well, we've come to be rich and famous. Miss Tracy, prepare the standard rich and famous contract for Kermit the Frog and company. I, I think Citizen Kane comes close second to that. <laughs> Of course, the movies, you spoke about all the movies, but The Muppets came back with a variety-style show. It uh, was called Muppets Tonight, and it, it actually lasted for two seasons, although one season on ABC in the US, uh, and the other season was on the Disney Channel. So uh, only one on Free to Wear mm-hmm. and one on the Disney Channel, and it was a Tonight Show that starred the Muppets and was hosted by a character who had appeared previously as part of Electric Mayhem as the glockenspiel player. That is such a great fact. (laughs) I can't prove it mathematically, but there's image of it somewhere. Uh, Named Clifford. Uh, Clifford was uh, just a guy with dreadlocks, part of Electric Mayhem, uh, played, by the way, by uh, Kevin Clash, who you probably know better as Elmo. Sounds nothing like Elmo. It's, it's extraordinary. Uh, so Kevin, Kevin Clash came into Box Cutters. We interviewed him, and it was freaky. It was just yeah. Cause, yeah, he'd go, yeah, I'm Kevin Clash. I'm here to do the interview. Yeah, okay, I'll just smell my nose. <laughs> and he's like, he's, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. It's, oh, freaky. No, yeah, it's, it's no good. Uh, so here's a little bit of Muppets tonight. Now, a, a lot of these clips, we probably should have warned you earlier, but you're already here and you bought tickets, so whatever. Uh, a lot of them have come from like, really, really shitty YouTube clips. Uh, and Muppets tonight, a lot of it's just taken off VHS. So this is one of the better ones. That that just didn't work. Uh, Did you want to point out the guy in the front row? Oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah. All right, so you can probably see it better because you're, you're far away. Um, his name is L. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> they just threw that in there. Who knows why? Uh, so it, did, it didn't work for a number of reasons. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, Disney bought the Muppets as, uh, as a franchise in the intervening years. And... Uh, and they just 
kind of didn't get well, the, I mean, the subversion of the it. The funny thing is, The Muppets Tonight should have worked. It makes perfect sense. And it's actually much more coherent, I think, than The Muppet Show was. Um, I think that's the problem. But that is possibly yeah. the problem. Yeah, no, I genuinely believe that. And, and also, the thing about Clifford is that he's, he's just a Tonight Show host. There's no... A whole bunch of new characters were created for Muppets Tonight. The only one of them that went on to kind of go in the films was Pepe. Yep. Who was a prawn. prawn. Who <laughs> um, was an excellent character. Again, I can't say why Pepe works. I don't know, but he's an excellent character. But um, He's yeah. got attitude, I think. that's he, he does. He's got a little man syndrome, which yeah. is kind of funny. Um, but it's just that, yeah, the odd thing about Muppets Tonight. I, I don't know. I mean, are there, are there fans of Muppets yeah. Tonight? Yeah. 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 Has, does anyone know, has it been released on, on DVD? Is it available in any way other than this crappy form? <laughs> I have more crappy... FLV files if anyone wants them. I'll be handing them out after. It's, I, it, I, sh- I should mention one of my favourite Muppet scenes ever, though, does come from Muppets Tonight, and it's, it's, one of the, it's the first appearance of Pepe, um, Pepe the Prawn, I think, and he's performing with an elephant in a, is this right, in a double act? Seymour and Pepe. Seymour and Pepe. <laughs> and it's like, a, hey, what do you get when you're crossing an elephant with a rhino? I don't know. What do you get? Elephino! <laughs> Cuts to no reaction from the audience. Elefino, and then later on it comes back and they have a chart and they're explaining the joke to the audience <laughs> and that is a truly so, yeah, phenomenal so yeah, there, bit there were things that could have worked but there was definitely a gap definitely a gap in, in the thoughts there and so, mm-hmm. so that really brings us to the end of Legacy 1 oh there's one more thing no no there's one more thing no. there is one more thing is there there is one more thing the darkest darkest evil oh. corner of the Muppet world no joke. I know I know Assassin's you thought we could just clo- no <laughs> I'm going to mention it because I had to watch the clips there is one dark evil part of the Muppet world does anyone know what I'm talking about Muppet Babies, Muppet babies! <laughs> Muppet Babies. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Let's play now. Uh, no refunds. Uh, in- interesting fact about uh, Muppet Babies. Nanny, played by Barbara Billingsley, who was, of course, anyone... Anyone? Anyone? Leave it to Beaver's mother and also Jive talking Grandma on Flying High. <laughs> I also uh, want to put out Muppet uh, Babies. Yes, yes. Another little side fact the first ever McDonald's Happy Meal toys were Muppet Babies. Yes, they were. You're making it worse! <laughs> <laughs> it's just hellish already! I mean, it's terrible animation. It's not the same cast. It, it, the, the scripts are appalling. It lasted longer than The Muppet Show. Eight seasons. Eight seasons. Eight seasons. And, and can I read this? This is taken from Wikipedia. Yes. Muppet Babies is known for starting a trend of relaunching popular cartoon characters as younger versions of themselves. The trend can be seen in numerous TV series, such as A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, The Flintstone Kids, Baby Felix, Tom and Jerry Kids, The Jungle Cubs, based on the characters from Walt Disney's animated film The Jungle Book, as well as the short-lived The Little West Wingers, in which a teenage Jed Bartlett has to babysit toddler versions of CJ, Josh and Toby, all of whom were voiced by Casey Kasem. I made the last bit up. <laughs> but it is on Wikipedia. <laughs> it, it was. It was. Uh, 
Sean, I, I think it's you're being not there now. I think you're being a little bit harsh. No, about the no, no, so, I, no. Think, I think you are. I think it's a lot more subversive and thoughtful than you think. I think it's kind of like an Ed Wood level of taking found footage and combining it with animation, which was never done before, except for your cross, and uh, and and taking that to a mainstream audience and using that as a way to teach children to use their imaginations. Are you overthinking the Muppet Babies? I could be overthinking them. Sometimes it's just a cigar, Josh. Just a cigar. <laughs> and yeah, Yoram Gross would be turning his grave, presumably. I've uh, no, is I he, is he, he dead? dead? I don't know. We didn't look that big uh, anyway. So yeah, I think that's. I think Muppet Babies, we can now move on okay. now that we have cathartically worked through that. Uh, Were there any fans here of Muppet Babies? I'm not saying that aggressively. Really? Right. <laughs> hey! Hey! <laughs> Uh, it's an audience lynching. <laughs> I told you not to show that black and white minstrel stuff. <laughs> I know, I know. So, we, we come to Legacy 2. It won four daytime Emmys for outstanding... Oh, no, come <laughs> It was the only animation at the time that wasn't Hanna-Barbera. It still doesn't count. It should still have been nothing. They should have just... Legacy, John, legacy. pool of urine on the side of the stage that I'm going to get to Muppet Babies. <laughs> Legacy. So, so in a very obvious sense, the Muppet Show influenced popular culture in other ways, and one of those particular ways was the wider acceptance of using Muppets for adult-targeted entertainment. Before that, before the Muppet Show, there really wasn't any adult-targeted entertainment using a children's medium like that. They also kind of defined a certain type of puppet. Yes. As well. Oh, which again we should say, does anyone know where the word Muppet comes from? Jim Henson made it up. Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Doesn't there mean you go. Years later he would say it means marionette and puppets. And puppet no, or... didn't. Just just it was a word he liked the sound of. It was the sixties. So we've all unlearned something <laughs> tonight. Um, yeah, so, and everyone knows what a Muppet is. Everyone kind of knows what a Muppet does. Everyone knows what a, what a, what a Muppet yeah. is. Certain... And, and then when you, so when you see a puppet that is made of that kind of felt that has that kind of uh, device using, moving the arms or has hands going in, real hands, mm. something like that, we automatically get a connection back to yes. the Muppets. And uh, a lot of that also has to do with the fact that uh, people then hired the Henson Workshop to make all of their puppets because yeah. they knew how to do it. But we've got some, uh, we've, we've got some clips. Because <laughs> what would we be without clips? Shorter. Uh, <laughs> of... Uh, of, of some things that you might recognise that were clearly influenced by The Muppet Show. Trevor, you haven't upset her again, have you? You know what happens when she gets into a tiz. Oh, your cows had it too good for too long. Like it or not, Trevor, she's the star of the show. There's no feebles without Heidi. Fact. There are 3.2 million puppets, or as we prefer to be called, fabricated Americans, currently residing in the United States. And despite all of our many accomplishments, most people would still rather share their car with us than have us date their daughters. But, you know, I don't let it get me down. Hey, after all, you know, some of my best friends are humans. Oh. Hey, Greg. Hey, Jimbo. When are you doing home from work? Dude, I hate being a pool man. It's not like in the movies at all. Yeah, another car. 
Look at you. Just turn around and walk away. You're a spike. You're a bloody puppet. <laughs> Yes, I'm a puppet. Doesn't mean you don't have work to do. More gifts, Mr. Donaghy. Oh, you got a new tuxedo for your party. You know, I wore nothing but hand-me-downs until I was 12 years old. But I thought you were the oldest, sir. Oldest boy. Now look at me. I already did. I wonder what it's like seeing the world through your eyes. I don't know, Mr. Donaghy. I think I see the world pretty much the same as everyone else. Really? Because I think you're very special, Ken. To be able to get so much joy from simple things. Simple things. Simple things. That, that's just there. There are many, many more clips. Um, that was just a yeah, a, a selection. Yeah, really. really. Um, including the Simpsons, which I think you were going to mention. The, the As I said before, it was a child's medium that was then made acceptable for adults, and the Muppet Show really paved the way for that. It paved the way for shows like The Simpsons, King of the Hill, Family Guy, if you like that sort of thing. Uh, and so animation came out of that, uh, and, and of course things like Dinosaurs as well, which was a family-based sitcom that was all puppets who were also dinosaurs. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, it was essentially the Flintstones, which was essentially the Honeymooners, which was... Uh, so it really, it really paved the way for, for all of that. I think we've got that point. And can I mention, too, with, with The Simpsons, because um, there was a, apparently an episode of The Simpsons where they get turned into Muppets. Uh, I think it's apparently one of the Halloween specials, which we, we didn't play. But it also reminded me, which I wanted to mention, I read today... That, uh, that was the most animated you've ever seen, David Boreanaz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Avenue Q, this is slightly more Sesame Street, I, but Avenue Q, the, the, the musical, David. Uh, <laughs> David. Sorry, David. <laughs> the musical. Oh, I've, I've got the audience. <laughs> um, <laughs> Avenue Q is, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a musical sort of based on Sesame Street. It's all Muppets, they sing, but they have sex and all the various Meet the Feebles type action. Um, in New York this week, Rod and Ricky became the first gay married puppets in the US. <laughs> And, you know, and people thought gay marriage would somehow make a mockery of the institution. I know. <laughs> it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. So, there is a third set of legacy. Yeah, Legacies are... Yes. Cashing in. Well, it's, it's more just, yeah, odd, additional, ephemera. It's like those bits at the back of the Bible. They couldn't quite decide where they went. <laughs> the Apocrypha. Took me a while. Apocrypha. Yeah. Whose Bible is that, John? It's, it's a Bible thing. Is it a Bible it thing? It is a Bible thing. There are bits of the Bible they weren't quite no. sure. And right. Right, someone decided at one point going, oh, that's in, that's out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it like a footy card thing? Got, got, need, got, yeah. got, need. It's all just full of citation required in brackets. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, cash grab, ephemera, whatever you want to call it. This is something that Statler and Waldorf did in 2005, which was... The same year that YouTube started, it was a web video series for Movies.com. Hello, we're coming to you from the balcony on Movies.com. 
I'm Statler. And I'm Waldorf. And we're not dead. Yet. <laughs> Each week, we'll tell you what to see and what to avoid. Avoid Paris Hilton. You know, I stayed there once. Who hasn't? <laughs> Later in the show, some friends will be stopping by. And we'll give you our Oscar predictions. Well, I can do that right now. Mm-hmm. I predict boredom. <laughs> but first, coming to a theater near you is Keanu Reeves' latest... Constantine. In this movie, Keanu plays a human. That's a stretch. Who protects the earth against demons escaped from hell. If you're like me and you've just discovered that this thing existed and you didn't know that in 2005 and you hate yourself a little bit more for it, we can have like a group session afterwards. Uh, All I've ever wanted was a show that featured Statler and Waldorf as their own critics. It's just... Extraordinary, and if anyone can find me DVDs of that, I will totally give you like five bucks. <laughs> so that's, that's Statler Waldorf. So that was venturing off into the web realm, and as you're walking in, you would have seen a whole bunch of videos, in, including that excellent, excellent Bohemian Rhapsody, Bohemian Rhapsody one that, yeah. that finished it off. Disney have started doing these web-only Muppet videos, kind of in the lead-up to the upcoming Muppet movie. Then there's also something else that happened in around 2005. Uh, Disney signed a deal with a French TV channel called TF1 where they were going to do their own version of The Muppet Show. It was going to be called Les Muppets because uh, they're inventive. <laughs> and, and they did a pilot, 15-minute pilot. It was quite funny, so they clearly thought, let's not do that. Uh, let's do this other show instead in 2006 called Muppets TV. Does anybody speak French in the audience? Yeah. You're going to think this is not as funny as it could have been. <laughs> There's a few weird things uh, about that. <laughs> One is uh, Disney allowed the Muppets to be sent over to France to, to have that made, which created some kind of weird controversy about there being... There's this rule in, in Muppetdom that there is one performer for that Muppet and that might get passed on to another performer, but at any one time, there's only one performer per Muppet, but most of them didn't speak French like that. So what were they going to do? Well, Disney wanted the money. They sent all the Muppets over, but Piggy is weird. A, her name's Peggy in French, who knew? She does this psychology segment, which doesn't work, but her nose is kind of off-model. It, it, it's like she's had a nose job. <laughs> it's... It's bizarre. It didn't last. lasted ten episodes. But these are, these are full-length episodes? Like these, are, these are 45-minute episodes. Oh, okay. And, yeah, too long. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it only lasted ten. TF1 went through a, a takeover at the end of that year, and that was a really good excuse to not renew Muppets TV. The world is not crying over it. <laughs> we, we have one final clip as well on this strange ephemera, because uh, we've seen Alan Arkin and Diana Ross so far. I think it's important we have another guest star. Hang, hang on, what, 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 what was that word you used before? <laughs> it's, Doug's made this. We've got to use ephemera. It. Yeah, that word. Ephemera. <laughs> Someone 
genuinely rigged that up for us. We, we asked. There was yes, a, yesterday, I had the idea of, oh, wouldn't that be a great gag? But we need something we can just press. It's, a, it's one button, and it goes up there, and there's an MP3 file, and it's just like too much technology has gone into allowing us to do that. Um, so, it's a so terrible joke. Let's have, have one, more, one more guest. Uh, this one, it's Kylie Minogue, Daniel. Let's uh, have a... <laughs> Let's have a listen to a bit of Kai. Many, many years ago, and I haven't had the opportunity to work with him until tonight. Clearly enough of that. <laughs> so that, so they, they appear. They appear everywhere. Uh, the show was really that influential for, for us all. So clearly the next question is, how does it hold up today? As, as a show on its own, looking back at The Muppet Show, three seasons have been released on DVD. They are all still very funny, as we saw earlier. The jokes still work, still funny. The concept is still as completely ridiculously bizarre as it was when it first aired, if not even a little bit more bizarre. It's probably a little bit more violent than we're used to seeing mm-hmm. on, uh, on, on television now, uh, other than, say, Oz. Uh, and I, I was listening to an interview actually with one of the producers of the mm. Robert Show. Um, this was on BBC Radio, and he was saying how. Curiously, he thinks the musical numbers, all the Muppet bits, stand up really well. It's the special guest stars that he thinks actually date it. It's the, the bits where Cheryl Ladd comes out and does a, a number. Uh, actually, the bits that make you go, oh yeah, this is old. Whereas the actual set pieces... Uh, yeah, w- work well. And w- even, even the old vaudeville-style gags, like, uh, I wish I had this as a clip, but I don't. There's this great uh, running gag through one of the episodes where the phone, uh, stage right phone rings, Fozzie answers it and each time there's a some kind of visual or, or audible gag so uh, he'd answer it and water would come out who was it it was the water department you know just, oh, yeah. right oh, stuff yeah. like that and and it's where I learned that joke oh you don't say you don't say who was that didn't say <laughs> there's also a really lovely one where Kermit's is sitting in that side desk he's drinking something with a straw the liquid's going down and eventually he looks up and goes think about this folks <laughs> and he keeps drinking and you go <laughs> and that stuff still works, but the yeah. guests don't. Like, who wants to see Roger Moore? <laughs> and, and right, two people. <laughs> That's not a large demographic, I've got to say. Just um, buy the DVD of The Saint. 
So, I mean, so, so we're saying it does hold up. I mean, it's still around. There's a new film coming out. There is a new film coming out, but also I don't think it would work as a new TV show. I don't think the concept of variety lives up to, to what it is today. And we kind of saw that with Muppets Tonight, where they tried it as a Tonight Show, and it was just a little bit too literal. I think also there is that thing about being made in England where it was almost like they were away from teacher. It was like they were, they were left to their own devices to a degree, I think, and allowed to just be nuts. And Well, that's the other thing as well. Disney owns it now. Yeah. And Disney doesn't like sex or violence. But also it's almost like too much thought contracts. would go into it now. That, that rough, hewn randomness of it, hmm. I think, would be, would be developed out of it before it got made. Yeah, so, so we, don't, we don't really think that, uh, that it could be made again, but the originals still hold up. As I said, three seasons been being released on DVD. We're waiting for the other two. Uh, and they also have heaps of extra bits like we've shown tonight, which is so worthwhile. So that brings us almost to the end. Really? Does anybody have any questions? No? Good. So... <laughs> The Muppet Show was, as we've said before several times, it was a variety show. It was a vaudeville show at its heart. That's what it was. It always had a guest. It always ended with a song. So we have a guest, and we would like to end with a song. Um, can you please welcome Linda Bernard and Yanai Morris in? Uh, Linda will be singing this round. First, you and I will be on the ukulele. They're going to be performing the song uh, I'm Going to Go Back There Someday, originally performed by Gonzo in the Muppet movie. Someday I'm going 
Linda Bernard, and yet I'm Morris. Thank you so much. Honestly, thanks to Sean uh, from Acme, who helped us uh, with everything that we had to do with that uh, episode. Also, Jay and Dargs, who were the techs and did wonderful, wonderful work. Uh, and, uh, and to everyone who came. Everyone who came. It was... Look, I don't want to say over capacity in case the fire marshal's listening. It was a very big night. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. Okay, all good. Done! Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.